Hey there, this is Michael Burris. I'm the lead pastor of Summit View Church in Irving, Kentucky, and this is our podcast. I hope this podcast encourages you, I hope it inspires you, and I hope it helps you to start seeing your life from God's perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Now enjoy the message. Today we're in week number two of our series that we're titling Home for Christmas. And this series developed from the idea that for most people, the holidays are spent feeling spent, strapped, stressed, and suffering. And that's really not God's plan for us at all, especially in the season that's supposed to be marked by hope and joy and peace and lack of chaos, but God's desire for our life is really to be light, it's to be stress-free. In fact, Jesus says it this way in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. Uh, All of these verses are on your message notes, by the way. I encourage you guys to take notes because what you write down, you're going to retain, and uh, it's proven, it's science, and so I would encourage you guys to take notes this morning. And every morning, we're we're note-taking church. So Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And we really dug into this last week, and and we learned that Jesus is saying here that if, if you'll follow, his way of life, if you'll follow uh, your life living by his directions, then your life won't be heavy and burdensome anymore. In fact, it'll be easy, it'll be light, it'll be stress-free. There's a promise that he makes there. That, that, that if, if you feel the tension, if you feel the stress, if you feel the unease, he says, come to me, everybody who's heavy and burdened, come to me and I'll give you rest. I'll make your life a little bit easier to live. And we learned that, uh, you know, true religion is not hard. True religion is supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be this relationship with Jesus and not a list, a, a checklist of do this, do this, do this, don't do this. On the other hand, he makes, he makes your life easy to live. So this morning, um, we're going to read a f- quite a few passages here. We're going to read actually right here at the beginning. I'm going to read two different stories to you. It's going to make sense after we get through them, okay? I'm going to read two different stories to you, beginning first in the book of 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 17, and then we're going to move on to John chapter 4. So if you want to mark in your Bible, if you've got your Bible with you, you're flipping actual pages today, mark those. Uh, 1 Kings 17 and John 4. If not, that's okay. You have them all on your message notes, and also you can follow along on the screens beside me, okay? Jump into 1 Kings chapter 17, starting in verse number 7. It says this, Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And then the word of the Lord came to uh, him, who is the prophet Elijah, came to Elijah and said, Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath, and when he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? Now she was going to get it. He called, and, pre, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. 
As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. She said, this is going to be our last meal. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me. He's not just selfish. He's trying to teach something here, and we'll learn it in a minute. Um, He said, but first make a small loaf of bread uh, for me. And for this is... um, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel said, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. They were in a drought. (coughs) And he went away, or she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. Now let's move on. John chapter 4. John chapter 4, starting in verse 4. It says, Now he had to go through Samaria, talking about Jesus. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar. Near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. Guys, if Jesus, is, if Jesus gets tired, it's okay if you get tired, okay? So as Jesus, tired for, as he was from the journey, sat down by the well, it was about noon. And when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said, You're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Because the Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman replied, You have nothing to draw with, and this well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water that I give them will will become into uh, in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So, so think about this. I wonder, I wonder if you have a story that you can think back to when I tell you to picture this scenario, okay? Uh, it's summertime. It's hot. I know it's Christmas, okay? Bear with me. It's, let's go back to summer. It's summertime. It's hot. Maybe you're in your kiddos, your kiddo years, and it's scorching outside, and, and you're playing hard, and maybe you're, you're riding bikes with the neighborhood kids, and so you guys, you guys get real worked up, and, and finally you're just, you're tired, and so you take a break, and I tell you what, there's nothing better on a scorching hot day than just an ice-cold drink. Heck, even, uh, I don't know, when I was a kid, I don't know if you guys still do this, we used to drink water from the hose, and, and, and so our immune, our immune system is probably much better um, back, from back then. But, but I tell you, there's, there's nothing more refreshing on a hot summer day than to get some nice cold water. 
I remember one time I was in at Fort Benning, Georgia. It was I was at basic training, and it was the middle of summer, like the end of June, the beginning of July. It was just as hot as going to get. It was muggy. Did I say it was hot? It was hot, and 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 we get out there for some kind of training. I can't remember what it what it was, but it was it was grueling. It was dirty. It was nasty. Everybody was just sweating as could be. We had four dudes that just fell out with heat exhaustion, and they had to get revived, and uh, just it was it was hot, and, uh, and and your muscles were aching, and I I went to go take a drink, and I turned my canteen up. And the, the, it was bone dry. I turned it up and it was like, I mean, like there's maybe a couple drops. I, and I remembered in that moment that I'd forgotten to refill my canteen, which was terrible when it was probably about uh, 104 that day. And, and, and it was just terrible. You're wearing, you're wearing 40 pounds worth of, it was crazy. And, and it was just the worst feeling. You turn that canteen up and, and nothing comes out. It's just dry. You ever experienced anything like that before? Personally, maybe it's a hot day, you're working outside, and you turn your water, water bottle up, and there's just nothing left to replenish you. Maybe, maybe make I'll make it more applicable. You guys have forgotten about summer. I'll make it more applicable for our, our current season. Maybe you're working, you're, you're serving, you're running, you're going, you're sacrificing, you're purchasing, you're planning parties, you're attending parties, and you're trying to pull Christmas together for your family because no one else is going to, and all of a sudden you get that gut-wrenching feeling that you've run dry. You just don't have any more. You don't have any more to give. Maybe, maybe you don't even remember what dry feels like because you've been living from dry for so long. You don't handle, here, here's the indicator. You don't handle situations as well as you used to. Uh, it doesn't take as much to make you break. You're, you're emotionally winded. Your bounce back rate is, is far worse than what it used to be and what you know it should be. Can you guys identify with that any, this morning, anybody? It, chances are, if that's you, you're trying to draw water from a drained well. You're trying to draw water from a drained well. And here's the challenge to this, because it can be sneaky and this can be really misleading. Because here's what you think. What you think is that you're tired. You're like, man, I'm tired. I, I just, I can't get through this. I'm, but here's the, here's the truth. You're not tired. You're not tired. Because if you were tired, a nap would fix it. But it doesn't. You're not tired, you're spiritually depleted. That's the problem. And so, so many of us go on about our lives, especially in this season every single year, and we try to run on fumes with the goal in front of us. If we can just make it through Christmas, anybody said that this year? If we can just make it through Christmas, then we're going to be okay, and we can finally get the rest that we need. And Christmas comes and it goes, and yet we can't figure out that why every single year it gets more challenging than the year before. Can I propose to you a thought this morning? That, that it gets harder every year because maybe you're misdiagnosing yourself? You think that you're just tired and so you figure just a little bit of rest is going to fix your condition. But you're not tired. You're not tired. You're spiritually depleted. 
And when, you, when you're spiritually depleted, you don't need rest. You need replenishment. You don't need rest. You need replenishment. So this first story that we read together, this, this, the land that we read about was in a, it was in a drought and a famine. And, and the Lord directs this prophet Elijah to go to a place named Zarephath in order for him to meet with this widow. And this widow was in a bad spot. She was, all of her resources were depleted. And in fact, when Elijah asked for this drink of water and some bread, the widow was in such a bad place. Her resources were so depleted that she essentially told Elijah, if I make this loaf of bread for you first, we're going to die. Like I'm, I'm gathering sticks right now for our very last meal. All of the resources that I have, this is it. It's been depleted. And then we look at the second story. And, and, and Jesus meets this Samaritan woman at the well that's, that's honestly in a, in a very similar predicament to the widow. You're like, that, I didn't read that. Let me tell you. She's in a very similar predicament, but, but the issue isn't that her resources are depleted. We find out through this discourse between Jesus and this woman that, that this woman is depleted in a different way. It's not her resources She's spiritually depleted. She may, she may be able to draw water from the well, but she's drawing from the wrong well. And so Jesus asked her to take a drink from the well, and she's shocked that he would even speak to her due to some of the cultural shortfallings of the time. But Jesus tells her, hey, you're missing something. You're missing something. In fact, if you, if you would recognize who I was, you would be the one asking me for a drink. Not me asking you. He says, you're drawn from the wrong well. And then he makes the statement that he offers the living water. And that anybody who drinks from this living water that Jesus offers will never thirst. That his living water would then begin to overflow in their lives. We have two stories. Two completely different settings. But much more related than we might see at first glance. Both of them were de depleted. Both of them were suffering a drought of some kind. They are trying to push through life, and they needed to discover the true prescription to their problem. Maybe you identify as one of these two women this morning. Maybe you feel that, maybe you feel that you're all used up. Maybe you feel like you're, all, you're completely spent, and there's nothing left for you to give. Or you might feel okay. You might feel like you're making it. But you've just run face to face this morning with the hard truth about something that you've known, you've known deep down for some time that, that not everything is okay. That you've been drawn from the wrong well. You've been, you've been trying to do life and drawing th from the wrong well. In either one of these situations, there is a single solution. You don't need rest. You need spiritual replenishment. You're depleted. You need spiritual replenishment. You need a touch from heaven. You need God to send a breath of fresh air your way. The title of the message this morning is Drawing from a Drained Well. Drawing from a Drained Well. And I'd like to give you, for the remainder of my time this morning, I'd like to give you uh, three steps, three ways, three uh, action steps that you can take 
to be spiritually replenished in your life. If you're ready for that, say amen. Amen. So, uh, number one here, uh, to be spiritually replenished. First thing, try this, change your environment. Change your environment. One of my mentors told me the other day, he, he said, uh, a change of pace plus a change of place equals a change of perspective. You need to change your environment. If you need some spiritual replenishment, you've got to make time to get out of the environment that continues to drain your well. You've got you to take a step back for a minute. You've got to get out of the environment that continues to draw every, your, your mental and your emotional and your spiritual capacity from you. In fact, you need to do this systematically and consistently. God set it up that way. He's a God of systems. Your whole body's made, out of, made of systems, and, and he's a God of order, and he wants you to take time systematically to step back, to get out of the normal environment so that you can have some replenishment for your soul. You have to plan to do this, and you got to stick to the plan so that you're refilled, listen, key word, before you need to be. We want you to be replenished before you need to be. Because if you wait and you try to get replenished until you need to be replenished, you've usually placed yourself in a scenario that is not working out for your best interest, okay? Think of it like this. There's two types of people in life. There's the one that keeps their car full, their gas tank full all the time. And then there's the one that waits until they have to fill up because they're running on fumes. And they usually marry each other, okay? They're usually married to each other. Guys, when it comes to be, being spiritually depleted, you can't wait until you need to fill up. You can't wait because when you, when you wait until you need to fill up, you're risking encountering a broken place in your life. And you, and, and you never want to tiptoe around the edge of spiritual depletion because not only are you going to suffer, the people around you are going to suffer too. You won't be able to handle situations well. Your fuse is going to be super short. Your patience is going to be low. And now you've got a mess to clean up. Because you snapped off at Sally Sue that works beside you that just works a little too slow for your liking or maybe makes one too many mistakes. But you know that eight months ago when you were praying and fasting and, and spending time in your word every single morning, you're like, I wouldn't have handled it like that. And you're like, I don't understand what's going on. You're spiritually depleted. And, and then until you take a step back out of the environment that continues to drain you, you're going to continue to be drained. you got to step out of your environment and, and, and into uh, a place that, that you can be spiritually replenished. When I, say, when I say systematically and consistently, I mean that you need to make time to get away from the norm and spend time with God. When I say systematically, you need to make time daily. You need to make time every single day that you're stepping away from the norm, away from the current hustle and bustle of life, and stepping and, and being in a place where you can just sit quiet and you can try to lean into God's presence, whether that's through prayer, whether that's through reading your Bible, whether that's through meditating on, the, on Scripture in front of you. 
You got to make time daily. And you know, I found personally, for me, the best time is, is when I wake up in the morning. When I wake up in the morning, first thing, some of y'all are like, I'm still rolling out of bed. I get it. I know. But the morning's going to be the best time. Because that's going to be you taking the spiritual replenishment that you need before you encounter the situations that you're going to need it for. And so I like to encourage people to at least the first 15. First 15. Just take first 15 minutes of your day. Uh, listen to one worship song. Five minutes. Study, study just maybe. Look, read just one, one passage of scripture. Five minutes. And then pray for five minutes. Anybody can pray for five minutes. Anybody can do the first 15 minutes of their day getting in a place where you can be spiritually replenished. You need to do that daily. And then you need to replenish yourself weekly. And, and for most people, that would be today. Today should be your day of spiritual replenishment. The Bible refers to it as the Sabbath, the day of rest, the day that you step away from the normal work of life. And, you, and you, you, you give this day, give, and it doesn't have to be Sunday. It could be any day. Some of you guys are on crazy schedules, and you, you have off Monday and Thursday every week from work. Well, take one of those days and dedicate one of those days to God. There's a reason that in the creation of the entire universe, God took a day of rest. It wasn't because he needed it. It was because he was showing you the model. That if you replenish yourself, if you rest and replenish yourself weekly, you're going to be a lot better off. And then yearly, you should have something yearly that, that you're trying to replenish yourself spiritually. Try taking a short trip every year, one day, two days. Just get away. And every year, try to get away and spend time with Jesus and set a personal vision for yourself and a vision for your family. you got to take the time you got to take the time to change your environment and keep your gas tank full because, listen to me, fumes lead to failure. Fumes lead to failure. Jesus shows us this principle in Matthew chapter 1. He demonstrates it for us. He said, it says, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus, our model, our, our, our entire religion is founded on his title as the Christ, Christian. Jesus got up left the house, and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He changed his environment in the morning so that he could let God minister to him. You know, there's a reason, not in my notes, this is for free. There's a reason that in the prayer that Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, he prays, give us, Lord, our daily bread. Daily, because you need God's sustenance. You need God's replenishment daily in order to take on this life the way that you need to. The value of getting away from the norm and getting into a place where you can meet with God and let him refill you is essential to your life. It's essential to your life. Number two, number two, find a way to serve someone else. Serve someone else. This is one of those counterintuitive principles of the kingdom of God. That in order to refill yourself is to do something else. You're like, you, you want me to add something else to my plate? Yes. Yes, I do. And it's crazy. But I promise it's true because God's word is true. And here, this next verse, there's a, there are a couple um, 
typos on your notes, so cross out this, the verses there. In, in, this is Proverbs 11, chapter 11, verse 25, okay? And, and it says this, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. So you need refreshing. Proverbs 11 says, refresh others and you'll be refreshed. If you're running on empty, try serving someone else in some way. Buy some groceries for somebody. Offer to watch their kids while they go out on a date night. Some of y'all are like, I received that, Lord. If you're running on empty, try serving somebody else. Buy, buy, some, buy some like knit gloves and beanies and go around and, and hand them out to, to maybe some to homeless people that because they could really use them right now. It's getting real cold. Do something to serve somebody else with no intentions of getting anything for yourself. And watch how your tank is going to fill right up. There's something special about serving others that Jesus said it like this in Matthew chapter 25. This isn't in your notes, I don't think. But Matthew chapter 25, verse 35 through 36 says this. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. This is Jesus talking to um, the people that would stand before him on the last days. And, And they'd stand before his throne, and he'd say, you did all of these things. And they'd be like, wait a second, I don't remember doing any of those things for you. And he goes on to say that when you serve other people in these ways, that you're serving God. You're serving him when you do it. When you, when you give water to somebody that's thirsty, you're, you're serving Jesus. Not only are you serving that person, but you're serving Jesus in the process. Find somebody and serve them this Christmas season. You know, before we go on, I really, um, I just want to take uh, a moment. There's a group of people here at the church that dedicate their lives to serving others right here. We just had a party for them uh, Friday night, but I'm, I'm hoping that we can honor them together today. That the crew, I don't know if you ever heard about it, but I hope I talk about it enough. The crew here at Summit View Churches is a group of people that every week, week in, week out, they, they dedicate their Sunday to serving the, our community. They dedicate their Sundays to serving our church and, and making uh, the vision of our church a reality. So can we just take like five seconds and just make as much noise as we possibly can to honor the crew this morning. Let them hear you in the kids' rooms. Let them hear you in the back because they're serving their hearts out. God, and if you're looking for a way to serve God by serving others, I would invite you to join the crew and begin to make it, start making a difference in someone else's life. It's, it's important, not just for the Christmas season, but for our lives, that we would focus on something other than trying to get something for ourselves, that we would focus on trying to serve others above ourselves. Number three... You need to prioritize God first. You want to be spiritually replenished. You got to prioritize God first. Now, this is something that I can't say enough. I can't say this enough. I could could make this a point every single Sunday. 
I could make this a point and it would be practical and applicable to your life in every single message that I preach. You need to prioritize God. You need to prioritize God first. You need to live God first. If you need to be spiritually replenished, chances are that you have taken God off of the throne of your life, even for just a moment. Your priorities have gotten skewed. They've gotten out of whack. And as a result, you're pulling from yesterday's spiritual reserves or maybe even last year's spiritual reserves. And if that is the case, listen to me, if that's the case, it's only a matter of time until you run yourself dry. It's only a matter of time before you've got no more water in the well to pull from. This next uh, passage in your, on your notes this should be Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. I want to read you this story because it's real applicable right now because of the hustle and bustle of life and the way that we get wrapped up in, in the things. It says this, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, they're on the way somewhere, they came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to them. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. They're in the, they're in the house and Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet just listening to him and, he, and he's teaching. And, but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that need to be made. There's stuff that needs to be done. And, and she came to Jesus and she said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. See, some of y'all are going through life right now and you're saying, wait a second, there's just too much to be done. I don't have time. I, I need some help here. And the Lord answered, Jesus answered. He said, Martha, Martha. I feel like you're sad here for you. Martha, you're worried and you're upset about many things. But listen, few things are needed. Or indeed, there's only one thing. There's one thing needed. Jesus says, Mary has chosen what's better. And it will not be taken from her. Martha's saying, I need some help. There's Jesus. I got the, I got the king of the universe right now in my house, and, and I got to make sure the dishes are clean and the food's prepared and, 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 and everything's ready. I got, I got the whole family coming over for Christmas Eve, but I got to make sure that, that, the, that the food is prepped. I got to make sure that the, the, the turkey's roasting. I got to make sure the ham's in the oven. I got to make sure that everything's clean and spotless because God forbid somebody believe that someone lives in this house, and, and, and it's just too much to get done. There's no way I can go to a Christmas Eve experience there's no way I can dedicate time to God there's too much to be done and Jesus said hey whew, it's not important there's only one thing that you need to prioritize you need to sit at the feet of Jesus you need to prioritize him above all things see Martha thought she was doing all of the right things she was working for the Lord she was, she was serving her butt off, but she had her priorities wrong. Here's what I, I don't want to happen. 
I don't want you guys to get so busy serving God that you forget to spend time with him. I don't want you guys to, to, to get so caught up in all the tasks and forget about the person. See, Mary chose the right thing. She wanted to sit at Jesus' feet and she had the peace that everything else would work out. My desire for you, and this is a, this is a, big, this is a big goal for me in this, this next year as your pastor. My desire for you is that you would seek to live what I call a God-first life. My desire is that you would live, no matter what it is, a God-first life in your marriage that you would put Jesus at the center of everything that you do, every decision that you make, you would make together by looking to his principles and his guidance first. That Jesus would be the, the God, he, God first marriage. I, 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 would, I want that you would, you would put God first in the raising of your family. That before you, you put ball tournaments and vacations and extracurricular activities on the calendar, you ask yourself the question, am I giving God the priority that he needs in my children's lives for them to learn to make him a priority? My desire is that you'd put God at the middle of your management of your finances and your resources. Are you giving God the tithe? Are you giving God the first 10% of our income as he's instructed us to give? And then on top of that, are, you, can, are, are, are we contributing our finances and our resources to make an eternal investment? Because there's, you know, there's a lot of people that are investing into a lot of things that aren't going to make it into eternity are we putting our, our resources and are we investing into the right places? I'd want that you would make God first in the stewardship of your day-to-day -day career. Do the people at your office know that you're a Christian by the way that you talk and the way that you live and the way that you walk, not by just the way that you check into some of your church on Sunday mornings? I'd want that you would make God first in your Sunday mornings? Are you coming to church seeking what you can get every single week or are you looking to also see what you can contribute? Because we're a family and grown people help with the dishes. <laughs> people need your God-given gifts and talents. People need you because we aren't a church of consumers. We're a church of spiritual contributors my desire is that in every area of your life that you would make it God first that this next year would be a God first year for you and I, I want you I told the team this morning I want you guys to start preparing your hearts because in January we're going to have a season 21 days of, of prayer of intentional prayer and fasting and I'm going to talk about it just a little bit, you know, in the coming weeks. And, but, but essentially, we're going to take January. We're going to take 21 days from January. And we're going, to, we're going to commit it to Jesus by giving up something that's important to us. Because we want, we want him to know that he owns our year. And we're going to start it off on the right foot. We need to prioritize God in all things. And listen, watch if you prioritize God, even in the places that you're afraid, 
Watch as the places that you were afraid you would run dry will begin to overflow in your life. It doesn't make sense when you think about it, but I promise you, I promise you this, if you, would t- if you will put God first and you will tithe your paycheck, 10% of your paycheck, every paycheck for a year, and at the end of this year that's coming up, your life isn't better, I will give you back every single dollar that you give into this church. That's how much I believe in it because God's word doesn't lie. I can't give you back time, but the same thing could be said about serving. Every single area that you're afraid to run dry, if you'll trust God with it first, it's gonna overflow, I promise you it will. Prioritize God in all things and watch as the places that you were afraid would run dry will begin to overflow in your life. Well, thanks for joining us today. I pray that this message had an incredible impact on your life. If you want more information about our church, you can check us out online at summitview.online. We hope we get to see you on a Sunday very, very soon. But until then, have a great week.